Welcome to the Frame of Fire podcast. My name is LMC, also known as Luke. Um, by the way, too, just want to let everyone know that you guys can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, really anywhere you listen. But I'm joined today by a special guest. His name is Andrew, good buddy of mine. Hello, been... everybody. Thanks for having me on, Luke. Yeah, of course, dude. Thanks for coming on. Um, and we've been studying the different cannabis markets, both of us in different manners, um, you know, throughout the country, throughout the world. And uh, yeah, so we're just going to have really interesting conversation today regarding um, the black market, how it's developed, how some of these black market dealers have come into uh, the legal market. Talk a little bit about um, the dark web and how, you know, that's helped influence uh drug trade in general and, and whether it, how it affects the legal and uh, black markets. So we're going to be talking about that and the uh, famous Silk Road and uh, Ross Albright a little bit here and there. Um, but we're going to start real quick. So one thing that we've studied both of us quite a bit um, is sending cannabis and how it's actually pretty easy what we've kind of gathered, right? Yeah, you know, from from anecdotal experience and um, just, you know, stories that I've heard and uh, the research that I've done anecdotally, like I'm saying, uh, yeah, people people tend to think that cannabis and um, the male shouldn't go together. But um, I would argue that a lot of people in states like Philadelphia, New York, Boston, uh, they would they would disagree because the majority of the cannabis that they're uh, getting if it is quality is going to be coming for, through the mail via USPS, FedEx, and sometimes UPS. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, you know, on, on the sense of how easy it is, that's something I can't personally speak about. I, I don't know anything about it. I've never had any personal experience doing stuff like that, but um, I can speak on people who, have have had experience doing it and um it's much less hard than people would make it out to seem that's something i would say is is a, a pretty across the board anyone would agree with that statement if they've been dealing with this stuff for a little a little while now yeah definitely i mean i think because we you know me and you we interview we interviewed people um right. and some of the people we interviewed about this because we found it really interesting is there were some people telling us like this is like, this is the easiest thing ever. Like it's, it's, and going to like, and we'll talk about the, the dark web and, and Silk Road and Ross Albright a little later. But one of the things that reason why Ross Albright, uh, the creator of the Silk Road created it is because there's a lot of people that were getting killed, murdered, all of these, you know, really terrible things over, you know, stupid, you know, drug crimes and, you know, one being cannabis. Right. right. So it's safer for everyone in a lot of ways. And potentially you can make a lot more money, right? Like, I yeah, think what's absolutely. crazy is like some of the pricing, like there's that song, that Freddie Gibbs song that I'm going to ship it to, I, I'm going sh- to get it from Cali and then ship it to the Midwest for 5,400 a pound, like sell it for yeah. 5,400 a pound. Yeah, that's another interesting thing that you could dive into in general is just, um, you know, popular, popularizing uh, shipping out in, in, in uh, pop, culture and in, in, uh, the rap songs that we listen to today um you know uh there's there's lots of lyrics i can think of um someone someone from shoreline said i got a hundred hundred ogs i'm a ship of ot so it's like you know pe- people people are not afraid to kind of you know they, they put up certain veils so it's a little bit of a smoke screen but if you could decipher what they're saying you realize oh ogs they're talking about og cushions and platinums and they're going to ship them ot uh, out of town and so it's like, yeah, if you could crack that code, I mean, it's all over rap. It's all it's, over it, rap. You're right. Yeah, you're, you're dead right. Because it's like, it like the, for example, like that one, there's that one album that Burner, uh, the creator oh, of Cookies yeah. Cannabis, is a, it's a picture of him with like gloves on and he's packing up USPS bags. Yep, yep. And it's, I think that's a great point, though, is if you look around, it's really hidden in plain sight. You just it's have to know where to look at it. Plain sight. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that whole album, uh, there, there's, Burner is a great example of a lot of things. Um, yeah uh man or we talk about him every podcast (laughs) no like not the last one but the the last couple yeah um yeah he he, he's got a great song uh kind of regarding um the unfortunate possibilities of packs getting popped in the air he has a song called greed where he's talking about you know um 
I'm getting jammed up from talking on the phones and, you know, and uh, he's going to get, you know, caught up in a Rico case because of all these phone calls. And uh, that's a real, that's a very real thing as well. Um, you know, from again, like anecdotally and from what I've, what I've heard from other people is that, uh, you know, messaging apps aren't, aren't cutting it as far as encryption. Um, and so people are getting creative with how they uh, communicate and how they get, or get, get their um, menus and how they get their money and how they have to communicate. They, they really gotta, they gotta work a little bit harder than just making a phone call on your regular you know, yeah. iPhone number. It's not as simple as that. But um, yeah, that's a great point. So about that, though. So the app signal, right? Mm-hmm. We found out, right? Signal had been cracked, right? By the CIA a while ago, right. Right? right? And this is one method that a lot of people have utilized signal, wicker, whatever. Uh, there's right. a bunch of encryption apps or encryption apps, right? Right. But was it was it the C because I remember we were talking, we were doing some research on this a couple of years ago because we, we saw we saw somebody sent us a title or sent us the title of a, a article saying CIA broke the the uh, code for signal, but the D, but they're refusing to give it to the DEA. Is that correct or? You know, I, can, I I I don't have that in front of me, so I couldn't tell you with certainty. Uh, what I can tell you is that I've heard similar stories. I, I don't, I don't have the citations or anything like right at yeah, yeah. my face, but I, I know that that is something that people talk about um, on a, on a, uh, on a uh, smaller scale. Uh, I know that people are still using these encryption apps, even with the notion that there's possibilities of CIA, CIA, FBI, whatever whatever three-letter agency you want to throw at it. Um, that's not really going to stop anyone from using it. Uh, it it's just, it, you know, it's, it's, it's something I actually don't have that much, you know, knowledge on. So I can't speak too much on it other yeah. than people are still using them because it's a little bit safe. It's just adding a layer of protection to them, to these black market guys. Uh, if, if someone gets into their iPhone, they can, they can get all their iMessage apps, but you can set a pin on your Signal app. And so even if the CIA is cracked into it, there's still that layer of protection. There's still something that if they get your iPhone password, well, now they're, they're going to have to have your PGP or your you know, six-digit pin for your... It, it's just everything is trying to set up smoke screens and trying to protect yourself. You know, mm-hmm. That's kind of what I've... What I've what I've learned is uh, this game yeah. is about yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, and and I think people get pretty because I remember when we were doing our, our research on the dark web. I remember us figure like finding out about tails, right? Mm-hmm. You remember mm-hmm. you, and tails. If you guys don't know, is this crazy um, program where, I mean, to be honest, like. I remember we were doing research and people were telling us like, yeah, honestly, if you download tales, like you're going to be put on like a government list because this is what terrorists use pretty much. But what tales really is, is like you put a, on a flashcard and the flashcard and the, fla- the flash drive, excuse me, it contains a whole new operating system, correct? Yeah. And, and it, 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 it strips down your computer and basically is operating on a really basic Linux system. And I just want to, you know really get across that not just you know you're right in saying that like terrorist cells and and, um yeah you know bad people use uh tails but activists use tails to hide their identities to avoid censorship journalists use their uh tails to publish sensitive information domestic violence survivors use tails to escape surveillance at home and then you know personal people like you and me if we don't want certain things looked up on you know, and if we, if I wanted to be completely anonymous online, I would use tails. So for Good every point. negative, uh, you know, reason a person might have to use this operating system that does create a really high level of anonymity, uh, there's a hundred good good, good reasons or good yeah there. great point i that's a great yeah that, i definitely am glad you you pointed that out because you're you're 100 right a lot yeah. of a lot of times government will try to twist it try to be like this is what terrorist you know terrorists like probably one yeah. percent or less are like ter- like or something very small and that's such sure. a tactic that the government uses 
Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, um, Tails, Tails, is a, Tails is a really powerful tool for a lot of people. Um, in speaking with uh, people on the, uh, on the side of, you know, vending and even customers who like buying stuff on the dark web, uh, they, they have always, always, always suggested using Tails. Just, again, kind of similar to the signal on your phone. You could just go on through Tor and go onto all these darknet markets straight up and just go through Tor. But if you want to add another layer of security, one would download Tails and then be really, really, you could be pretty confident in your anonymity and it's staying that way. So, yeah, you know, that's a great, good. that's a great segue. Um, toolbox. Yeah, 100%. So that's a great segue into... So you, you're somebody like, you know, we, we study different aspects, I think, of the emerging cannabis market, black markets. But I think one thing that you definitely, you know, looked at a lot more than myself was how has the dark web markets kind of uh, progressed? How do they begin? Um, I don't know, maybe talk about that. So like, what is the state of dark web markets? Meaning, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think of a good way to kind of start, start my, my own. I've been interested in stuff like this since I was in sixth grade, since mm-hmm. before, you know, I had ever smoked weed, before I had ever seen weed, before I had even smelled it in the air, probably. And so I can remember going on to my family's, you know, we had a family computer in our, in our kitchen, and um, I downloaded Tor and I went on to the Silk Road app. And my dad actually saw it and was like, the fuck is this dude? And, and had me, had me uninstall everything. But I, but my point is, uh, it, it's interesting stuff. And, um, as a kid, it's, it's fascinating. So I, I was just always very interested in stuff like that. And so, uh, yeah, I, I was, I, uh, I logged into some of the original like Silk Road stuff and, um, it was so long ago that I can't. This was in like middle school, right? Correct. Middle school, sixth middle school, grade, yeah. sixth grade. I'm wow, talking about. That's crazy. Maybe seventh grade, but we still had a family computer in our, my kitchen, so <laughs> that kind of dates it. Um, I can't tell you the exact date, but, but beyond that, beyond that, I think I think I personally was still interested in um, looking at it when I was in high school. Um, I knew lots of people who were using it to get lots of different things all throughout high school. Um, you know, there, there have been, give me a range of stuff that you remember are like friends of ours that would use okay. it for. Sure. Um, if you the can, fir- yeah. the first, the first thing that I could really think of that was like popping off and that was like really huge that people were grabbing off the dark web were Xanax. That's like, that's like the very first thing that, pops into my head when I'm thinking about it, which is super unfortunate. But yeah, boo. Yeah, yeah boo. We don't, we don't support <laughs> benzodiazepines over here. That's no good, no good. But um, that, that's the first thing I could remember. I, I knew lots of people who um, that's where they would source their Xanax from, is, is from uh, these either, either uh, dark web markets or at the time, and this is probably 2012 to, through 2015, there were these things that were they're still kind of around They're They're basically like Indian online pharmacies and it's, you don't have to use Tor. You could just go and Google it and um, you'd get, you'd get, you'd get your package in two months, but it would get there. And um, so, so yeah, so Xanax was one. The second one that I could think of that was really prevalent was MDMA Molly um, because in Seattle we had a, we had a kind of a long period and I don't know if it was just our specific kind of people we were around. We were getting, um, we were getting not MDMA. We were, we, it was not. People were getting all different types of synthetics, and it was causing people lots of issues. So some smart kids who were wanted to make a profit and saw a hole in the market were starting to source pure Dutch crystals from the Netherlands and uh, made a made a huge amount of money on that. And then from there, I saw people um, grab like oil. This is before you could really grab wax in like bulk amounts at dispensaries. So people would be grabbing zips of wax. Um, And then the only other thing I could really think of that I personally like, well, see, 
and this is where it gets a little bit iffy, but like, um, I, I know that there is counterfeit money that people I was will just, get. I was going to ask if you were going to bring that up. Cause uh, I remember we had a few friends who would be like, dude, you guys are so dumb. Like yeah. y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was, that was the, that was a real kicker. I, I couldn't really believe you like, dude, that. the secret service is coming for you, bro. That's, that's <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, dude. That's why I'm even hesitant to talk about it now. Cause I know. Yeah. Dude, it's real shit, man. You don't want to play with the government. No, they don't no, like you that. definitely don't. That's a good, that's a good point though. I wanted to say though, um, going back to what you were talking about with the synthetic, um, like the, the bad drugs is, is yeah. going. So one of the great things I think about how the dark web and these markets progressed is how these checks and balances system came into play, like the review sure. system. So yeah. maybe talk a little about that and, and, and how that, uh, really, there's, there's every once in a while, like there is, there's times where it went bad, right? The, the credit, like somebody's, credit score or their their uh uh their vendor review their their reviews were so good and then they would just drop they would just say okay we're doing discount and then run out with all the money right yeah so yeah they call that that that's in like the world of the dark web we would call that like exit scamming Mm -hmm. and uh um i definitely know people who had lots of money invested in you know whatever it was x y or z and then if it wasn't the vendor who ran off it was the entire marketplace getting either shut down by the three-letter agencies that we were talking about, FBI, FBI DAs, yeah, 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 all that stuff. Um, or it would be a vendor do it pulling an exit scam who who built up a big, like you were saying, it's it's you you have reviews these webs these 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 websites they're they're just like Amazon. just like Amazon, yep. They're, you have you have customer reviews. Uh, they'll they'll tell you the aesthetics if you're if you're talking about aesthetics, you can describe your product and all these different things uh they have you know the weight if the weight was on point you could say you know one through five yeah i got what i paid for nope i didn't get what i was paid for uh and then yeah there's all these different things and so basically vendors would boost their stats by by being good vendors they were doing their job right and they would they would uh get to the point where i guess they felt Maybe like it was time to run. They needed to go. I I can't, I can't speak on why they do it. I don't. I I. It could be a number of reasons, right? Like, but, but, but it was a great checks and checks and balances system for the most part, right? For the most part, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, it still is to a certain extent. Uh, what I would say is that the the there you could just like you could buy an Instagram like you could buy a dark web review. So if you're a vendor on the dark web, you could buy a hundred fake. Reviews. Same thing with Amazon. Same thing with any of those. Exactly. Yeah. Get your stuff boosted to the top. You could promote. You could pay the website, whatever the hosting, the hosting um, addresses. You could pay them for advertisement space, so that like you know when, when people are scrolling down looking for whatever they're looking for, there'll be big banner ads that are promoting a certain vendor, and so like all those things that are, that uh, happen on a regular website happen on the dark web. One hundred percent, man. One hundred percent. And and sometimes before more like. They were yeah. one of the first, like, that's the great, I see, I think there's like in a lot of ways, some innovation with the, with the systems that were set up on the dark web for these, yeah. you know, markets and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super, super, super interesting. And so, you know, we talked about Silk Road, made it safer. We kind of already went through that. Um, okay. So this gets to the Dread Pirate Scott or what, what, what Ross yeah. Albright, DPR. Yeah. So DPR, if you guys don't know who Ross Albright is, he is the guy who was arrested in 2013, 2015? 2015 for, yeah, money laundering. and computer. Money, yeah, and, and I, there's got to be a movie made out of this guy because his whole story is just fucking nuts. Um, yeah, it is. But this is the guy who created the Silk Road, the first one ever. He, yep. he thought that we have cryptocurrency, a decentralized currency that's untraceable, we have the Tor network that was created by the U.S. Navy that's untraceable. Right. Um, and we have this problem with people getting killed for a couple pounds of weed or right. a couple whatever. And there's a way where I can, you know, make money but mainly help people. And he was more of a libertarian, correct? Um, he, he was very non-government. He didn't like the government. So what do you think is going on with that situation with him getting arrested, how they think you're treating him? What, what, just give me your overall opinion, I guess. Well, you know, it's uh, it's 
it's something that uh, if you had if you had asked me around 2015, I would have had a lot more to say. You know, unfortunately, um, these news stories just get bogged down, and you and you tend to forget, and and you you forget that somebody he's serving two life sentences right now. Yeah. So that's crazy to me. That's a, that's absolutely absurd. Ridiculous. It, it's also absurd that, you know, there's been so much stuff that's washed over me and that we've had so much other stuff that I, I've forgotten a lot about him. But what I can say is that I, I believe that he had nothing but the best Good intentions. intentions. Yeah. Um, and that on top of that, he, he is being treated as a level of criminality that, maybe he shouldn't be that uh yeah. I, I think it's it's not it's not exactly fair um you know yeah it it's i mean it's he got set, he got set up for the fbi they set him up to do quote unquote a murder i mean i think i think you're right i think he had the best intentions i think as money power all these things start to go and there's more time i think it transpires in i think he started to transpire and go down like route because regardless of him getting set up, like it, like the whole FBI thing of how they got his like right hand man ended up being an FBI person. Right. Like they found that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they helped push him that way, but I think the money, you know, give a man power and see what he does, kind of thing. And I think over time, he was lured into these areas that he probably shouldn't have been. Like for example, almost killing, like having somebody murdered, like you know, something yeah. crazy like that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. You. You know. And that's that's another stuff that like like you said they they need to make a documentary on it and I'm I wouldn't be surprised if there already is a freelance one. That's I wouldn't be surprised that. if the FBI bought the rights to that so that yeah, no one exactly. could. I would not be surprised, but I who knows who knows. Right. I know that they got bought like the mo- the day that he got like the week after he got arrested. I know the rights got bought to that whole thing. I'm almost positive. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, but there definitely should be, and I I think there will be hopefully um, if there's not too much suppression on it um because i think i mean he's a revolutionary in a lot of ways i mean he realized he put together all these different parts that uh were uh, were there yeah, but uh put them together yeah, he, yeah he's kind of like uh the the mark zuckerberg of the dark web yeah. <laughs> he really is yeah i mean he really you're you're right i mean he yeah. really, not as much of a dickhead but uh as no, mark said. Yeah, double life imprisonment and four years or 40 years without the possibility of parole it's just it's just absurd um but that goes into like just you know drug drug laws in general are fucking absurd in my my books but that's a tale for a different time yeah 100 percent um okay so real quick question you know we did a little research back a couple years ago when we were studying this um do you think it was profitable for some of the people that we interviewed to sell cannabis on the dark web? Yes. A hundred and hundred percent. Okay. hundred percent. I never really thought so personally, but I, I, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't look too much into it. I guess I had, we had one interview with a person and they were telling us, yeah, that we make good money, but it wasn't our main seller. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, what, what you have to think about is just like, uh, is, is like, is common. Um, Sorry, uh, there's a notification. Got it. I just changed it. Got All right, got it. Um, so, so for for me, it's like when you think about um, cannabis in general. Uh, it, I mean, in or anything in general, it's it's all supply and all demand, and uh, with weed, there's such a high high demand, such a high demand for it, and especially in states where it's illegal that people are going to, who, who already have legal setups, who are already completely compliant in, in every other way, they're going to want to get a slice of that pie of these guys who are in, Cal, or in you know, all, all the eastern states, all the flyover states, all the Midwest states, anywhere where they can't get a medical card or a recreational license, they, they still want their pot. And, and like you were saying, in, instead of meeting up with a sketchy dude for a eighth you can go online and get an eighth for thirty dollars which would be you know a great deal for them they're used to paying 40 to 5 45 dollars an eighth but to the guy who's selling it for 30 he got it for 10 so he's making double 200 percent on his uh his return of in in uh, his return rate is just 
is, is huge. And uh, that goes ac basically across the board on the dark web. Um, if you look at like listing prices for pounds and for stuff like that, you see that they don't, they're so much more inflated even than the regular market price today in person in California. I mean, it's, it's just, they, they bump the price up because they have the knowledge that the main customer base on these websites are coming from illegal states where they are going to be able to either, if they're buying a pound then they're going to flip it for 5,400 if they break it down so they could sell it to them with a, with no bad conscience for 28. Yeah. Not Everyone makes money. money. It's beautiful. Everybody right? Yeah. yeah. Everybody, everybody makes money. So yes, uh, long story short, I do think it could be profitable to, um, Mm -hmm. So weed on the black market on the dark web, but um, that's just anecdotal and stuff. Yeah, um, we're not we're not encouraging anything. By the way, no, we just want to make that clear. Um, this is more of just an interesting study and in how we how this how this market this black market's progression into the legal market. Okay, so that's a great uh, transition right there. So how how has the legal cannabis market affected the black market in your opinion? We could talk about Washington or Cali or wherever, really. Uh, yeah. Kind of overall. Um, so I would say that in, in, in the, in general, um, it's affected the black market for, you know, it's, it's, it's actually really hard to say, to, to say if, it's a positive or a negative effect. Um, there's a lot of s smaller things that go into it. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm freezing up a little bit. You're good. Um, you're good. I think I think long term. I think long term, it's a good thing, right? Because it needs to happen, right? Because you need to have these people trans over for the for the long run. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it hurts a lot of people that were for generations making money off of. Uh, cannabis from the black market uh, yeah that's that's how that's exactly what i was thinking too and i'm trying to think of how to phrase that correctly um well i, I guess we could take it on like a smaller scale um on a small scale people uh like you know myself or i don't know any any number of young entrepreneurs when they were freshmen in high schools who like to smoke weed and also wanted to make a little bit of money on it they you know you could go and buy an ounce of weed for say 150 bucks and then bag up 14 little dime bags and then that's 140 so you almost broke even if you sell more then you could make a profit right and it was pretty simple and cut and dry just like that now i mean i'm out of high school so i couldn't tell you and i don't sell pot so i couldn't tell you but i would imagine it'd be a lot harder for uh, your street, your average just guy trying to smoke for free to do that because there are dispensaries around the corner and they have better quality bud at a better price. And that's just the bottom line. And, um, and on demand. And know. on demand. They're, yeah, they're, you're not going to have to wait on the dispensary. I mean, they're going to be on deck ready to go. So in that sense, I think it, it hurt the, the small guy's um, pockets a little bit. And that's, I also don't want to generalize and say that all, all rec weed is better than black market weed because that's just not true. There's that's not true. There's yeah, you're right. Absolute gas that is grown by still illegal growers, and they're just doing their thing. Those farmers are the backbone of the cannabis industry. I think people need to really understand that the farmers are the backbone, and we need to support the farmers as much as we can. And uh, that comes by, through a lot of things, through the legislation, through lo lots of different stuff. But um, Overall, I think these farmers are actually kind of getting a little bit happier with this black market, um, with, with the legal market, because it's driving their prices up because it's they're taking on more of a risk. And there's just there's, there's more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, you know, now there's this there's a Washington Liquor Control Board, Liquor and Cannabis Control Board that is someone who might, you know, um, press an issue with you and uh that no one no one really wants to do that but if you're willing to then yeah your work should be going for a higher price in my my opinion i don't know yeah 100 um, percent. um okay so let's let's transition to we'll come back to kind of the black market a little bit but let's talk about people like the cali plug and kind of more these these characters yeah, 
shout out to Cali Plug. Shout out if you don't know who the Cali, Cali Plug butter, is. No bud, Cali it. Butter, no bud. Psych, Washington <laughs> Butter, no bud. No, I'm um, But so this is Cali Plug. He is just here. You, you describe him. You describe this. Well, yeah, man. I don't know. I can't, couldn't tell you the day I met, uh, first found him on Instagram, but um, it must have been on Instagram or through Snapchat. But it's just, he's this really boisterous dude who's got a really good personality, big personality, you know, and um, his whole thing is like, he's basically saying he's going to, he, He's saying he's shipping weed without saying he's shipping weed. He's using a lot of the lingo that we were talking about in the very beginning here, where he's talking about touchdowns and big drops and, you know, big boxes and, and we, oh, my Florida boys are out here. And he's just this guy. And, and basically he's a, he's a entrepreneur. He's a, a huge entrepreneur. Um, he, he's worked with, I mean, some of the best growers in California and Arizona and I mean you name it this guy is everywhere and he's just a he is a social media kind of like I don't I don't want to yeah dude just like a social media uh influencer and a cannabis influencer who's who and he, and he utilized things like Snapchat Instagram yeah you could you could text him or whoever was running his his socials and he would send you a pack or something and and it was like what was crazy to me is how long he la like he just never got like I don't think he ever oh, got yeah. popped or anything, but Yeah, no, I know. And and I think a lot of He's illegal now, by the way. I just want to make that clear. He's legally oh, selling he's cannabis now and he's compliant. Yeah, man. Shout out to the compliant gang, dude. The guy has a uh, he's a he is a funny dude. He's a really, really funny funny personality, interesting to watch and um, you know, I, I can't I'm not gonna knock any man's hustle, so like shout out to him. Shout out to all of his boys and like uh, I mean they they're out there getting it still, bro. Cali Cali they don't play around with that but that bud, bro. They they fucking move it. They uh, I don't know, man. I don't want to get too much into that either. Um, maybe that's something we could talk about at a later date because I I do have some like interesting stuff about um the stuff that's happening out of Cali. Uh, Black market wise, and yeah, black market. Wise. I would, but want to like kind of like you know vet it a little yeah. bit before we speak on it. Yeah, hundred percent. But um, yeah, man, he he's he's dope. He's a yeah, he's dope. Uh, are there any other characters out there that are kind of like him that have done similar? He's pretty. He's a pretty individual. Yeah, man. guy. Yeah, there's there's tons. There's tons. Um, but somebody yeah, that's like he like turned his like thing into like he's now the Cali Plug. Like his brand name is the Cali Plug. Like, yeah, 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 dude. He and and. uh he's licensed that like he's 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 uh he's done he's done his due diligence to get all of his stuff patented and i mean i don't know if you've seen his carts that he he's been putting out recently they're pretty sick he's got his own cart packaging and and they have like a like an outlet like the plug sign cut out so you can see the cart through the plug and i mean he's just a good he, he knows what what brands uh, do well he knows how to brand his stuff well and on top of that i think another really important thing about cali plug is that he is not afraid to grow his team his team i've i from what i've seen personally it has been getting more and more expansive in the sense of he has a studio where he does you know uh music videos for rappers like i mean famous rappers famous decks um lot like lots of lots and lots of people um he has a recording studio he has you know a car rental service i mean like the guy is diversifying his wealth and in and streams of income into such a way that it's just like again nothing but respect for that type of hustle bro and it came from yeah black market shit like he he set up a lot of these crazy shops down in cali when it first went legal Shout out to Trapzilla's. He's been kind of MIA. He's a similar character, um, you, you know, in the LA community. Uh, a lot of cats will know who I'm talking about. Uh, but um, yeah, man, uh, Cali Plug is one of the, one of the first people that I really remember to do it at the level that he was in social social media wise. Sorry, I had eyes on a car. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm not being very verbose, man. No, you're good. You're good, dude. Um, no, but I think that's I think that's super interesting what you're talking about with the with his team, right? Because I think that's a big thing, regardless of if you're in a black market, a legal legal market. 
I think a lot of people, they don't realize how important your team is and your team is really what, you know, makes you successful. And I think a lot of people in the cannabis industry, I think don't realize that or take it for granted. Um, And I I almost like to bring this specific subject up every single podcast about in one way or another, but really like, you know, your team is, is everything and, and, and don't undervalue your team. Because it's, you know, people think, oh, I can do it all on my own. Well, if you really want to become successful, scale up, you need to have people you trust and that are good. Um, And so that's just one, you know, like I said, regardless if you're, you know, he learned that in the black market and he brought in the legal market and now he's booming. So absolutely. um, And it applies to stuff like you're doing yourself. I mean, you know, inviting people that you have had on this podcast and reaching out and and going and doing your due diligence and, and working with partners not being afraid to stick your neck out a little bit and um and be like all right like you know i'm, I'm willing to let people onto this team to help build this team it's like let's get it to to keep going and even if you don't see a return on your investment right away um you know you're thinking long term and you're thinking okay if i'm if i'm paying two hundred thousand dollars you know i'm just spitballing it's two hundred thousand dollars to create an entire uh studio and okay, now I have to hire a team of photographers and videographers, and that's another you know 25k whatever. And now I have to hire editors and all this, and that's another 10k. And now you're at 300k in the hole. Um, you're not really in the hole. You 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 just built the infrastructure. Now you have to have the content to come behind it, right? Yeah, absolutely. You might, you might be financially in the hole, but now you have the the ladder to set up to advance yourself into that next position into that higher position and uh i think that's uh, a really important like thing that i think cali plug has probably done a great job on um is just is not being afraid to take risks man um scared money don't make money i was just uh, saying man, scared money never made no money hell yeah, yeah. bro 100 100 percent. um Okay, so just kind of going off the Cali plug really quick. What do you think about all of these fucking Instagram bot sellers? These cannabis set like these like fucking Man, they're fucking annoying, know, dude. Bro. I'm not trying to I, hate I, on anybody's Brian, bro, but like they're annoying, yeah. dude. I don't see them on Instagram a lot. I, I they're see everywhere on Instagram. <laughs> I see them. I, I see them on. Actually, you know what? Yeah, you're right, bro. My, they're I everywhere. Have a bunch of, like, because I follow a lot of like weed, like legitimate weed companies all these fucking weird backdoor accounts will try to follow me. And I'm sure that's what they are. They're, they're just trying to fucking sell me pot. But, um, dude, like, I mean, I mean, those are Cali plugs children, to be honest, dude. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We got to give credit there. But like, you know, people, people are selling like, like this is, this is, uh, you're not going to be able to see it, but. Oh yeah. I see are, it. It's just all the fake cookies. Fake cookies. It's fake. It's all fake cookies. And, so uh, that's a great. So let's talk about like fake products, dude. Why is it? It's it's pretty crazy, dude. They're like, I think brain. I think you know if you made it in the cannabis industry. Once it's people so are in your product, exactly. Yeah. I think you 100%. really made it in the cannabis industry. If that's 100%. the case, hundred percent. Like, hey, shout out to Got Bars Five Ten. Uh, he's the homie. Um, the he his his shit just got faked, and I was thinking the same thing. I was like, dude, that guy just made it. Um. You could check him out. You'd fuck with him, Luke. Uh, he's a uh, he's a cannabis industry guy. Uh, Got bars OG is his strain that he created, and uh, he just posted on his Instagram the other day. He walked into like a kind of like a gray market cannabis in, uh, cannabis retail spot. retail spot in LA, and there's his there's a big ass jar, and there's a sticker of him like his sticker. And he, and he was like, this is not my weed, dude. Just because it's got my sticker on it doesn't mean it's mine. But he said the same thing. He's like, I made it. Clearly, I mean, that means I made it. If people want it that bad that they're willing to fake it, that means I'm doing something right. So yeah. shout out to Got Bars. I know. I really want to talk to somebody about how, like, ways to prevent that. You know, like, do you know of any? Yeah, I don't. How would you? Like, I'm trying to think. Like, you would have to have some sort of special something that like no one else can re- replicate that i don't know dude so people have been trying to do that shit forever all right i mean um from the holograph that that's what people thought was going to do it was holographic bags nope china came right back and said we can make that and we can we can make a mylar bag that has a fucking hologram on it no problem and so they did 
And it was it was, it was this game of cat and mouse. Just hundred like, percent. Yeah. And so that's what I would. And and so like for people like I'm I'm tr- I'm trying to remember if it's uh, cookies or Seven Ten Labs, any of these reputable really name like big brands that have big recognition. They'll do like QR codes that will like scan and go to their um, uh, website and say yeah this is officially verified. It was packaged at like this a serial store. number that has a yeah right right and and you know. Personally, I don't know too much about it, but from what I have heard, it, it might be fakeable. You might be able to fake a QR code. I mean, it's not hard to set up a website and yeah. just have have it look like the cookies website. I, I, again, I don't really know about any any of that stuff, but like people people are going to try and fake your shit if it's good, period. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's funny. It's like, yeah, like, honestly, like, you got to kind of celebrate at the beginning, be like, damn, we kind of made it if people are faking it. And then obviously it's going to get <laughs> annoying. But like, there's that famous... um story about in china where one one year or one like this happened like five six years ago or like maybe maybe eight years ago yeah and there was you know how apple has their famous glass stores and stuff uh-huh, uh-huh. and there was this there's this store in china that like it was an apple store it looked identical uh, yeah. to it yeah and this mother and this store was completely fake selling yeah, fake I, everything I, 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 and they I, I, and it was like there it was operating for eight years something fucking nuts and yeah. They finally were like, somebody was like, like in like their China office or whatever was like, wait, we don't have this on the books. Like this is not a, and they, and it was like to a T and they've been making millions of dollars for like years. Yeah, no, it's, it's insane, dude. So uh, yeah, your brand's popping if they're copying. Yeah, exactly. There's actually, I just did a quick little Google. There's more than 30 of those fake Apple stores. Dude, in that's so nuts, dude. That's so <laughs> nuts, bro. That's yeah, man. I mean, I mean, I, like I'm, I'm talking to you through an Apple product right now, but I'm not exactly the biggest fan of their policies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, they lock everyone out and all that shit. And... Yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe if you're if you're putting up a net to prevent suicides, you might want to look at how you're operating your business, which is really what they do do in those Apple. Which is boxes. which is Foxconn, but that's their main manufacturing partner, and yeah, right, yeah. right, and so you know. Anyway, that that's a totally different off off the drip topic but um but yeah dude i think i think fake fake stuff is just inherent and like um you got to take it in stride like you said just you know walk i mean it, i could imagine it being really frustrating for a lot of people if, especially if you grew your brand to where it was it, I, I can imagine i i wouldn't take it in stride so yeah you know, it'd be easier to say than to do yeah you know what i'm saying like yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's a mixed bag. Like, definitely, definitely. Um, okay, so. What are some of your, this one question I ask um, everyone is, so what are your, some of your favorite cannabis brands in Washington at the moment? Um, and then we'll talk about this and then probably wrap it up. Uh, cool, yeah. Um, so uh, for me personally, like, I, uh, I don't do that much shopping around. I really don't. I go to Satori Bellingham because it's close to where I live. And I, uh, I go in there. Shout out Satori. Yeah. Shout out Satori. They're, they're, they're dope. Um, always super friendly, bud tenders and all that stuff. And and this is not a promotion or anything. They're just nice people. I like, I like the people who work there. Um, so I say that to say that I don't get the full scope of Washington. But I can say what I like, what I've been smoking on recently has been um, some Koala Cannabis Co. I don't actually have any of their nugs left, but their packaging is sick. They got a little koala on it. Um, And and you were telling me that's Treatum, right? We were trying to find out. Yeah, this is under Treatum, yeah. Shout out uh, Treatum. Shout out to Treatum for sure. This is uh, their Dolato. um, That that was a hybrid. It was pretty, pretty bomb. Um, Their Perps number one, which a lot of people have been cultivating right now. Uh, koala has done a really good job with theirs. Um, the nose on it is fucking crazy. It, it just smells like so skunky. And I, I'm, I'm a fan of those like gas heavy, um, like OG funk, like just like really like cheesy in your face. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I exactly. hate to say cheesy just because of all of the days back, back in those, those days, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, can't fuck with the cheeses that much, yeah. but, um, but OGs for sure, like like just like any any strain that's been around, like you know even like a pre ninety eight Bubba I would buy if it was at a rec store right now. 
but um so so to answer your question <laughs> pre-98 <laughs> yeah dude that's the shit man that's the shit uh koala cannabis is sorry the bubba legit. just wrote the bubba just got just got distorted and, and <laughs> well, yeah. dude, the bubba's legit there, the bubba's legit bubba. i'm just saying the people that distorted it that oh no yeah. oh no it's <laughs> fucking crazy bro oh, the bubba's in the platinums in cali you're yes. not getting pre-98 no Cali. you're not it's not pre-98 probably ain't even bubba let's be yeah. like yeah you know <laughs> um so shout out to koala but I, i've also been liking um cascadia uh, they've been Gardens doing- of Cascadia. Say again. Gardens of Cascadia. I believe so. Yeah. Shout out to them. Shout out to Nick. Shout out. Yep, they're dope. Um, do not Dolado. That's what I'm smoking on. But Dorado with an R. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're uh, making some really nice extracts. Uh, some like fire diamonds. Some fire 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 diamonds. Um, I picked up a gram of that a couple of days. A couple of days ago. Um, Trying to think of who else that I've been messing with. Flower wise, I've been sticking with Koala. I mean, their price point is super like reasonable. It's twenty four dollars an eighth, scaled all the way up one hundred and ninety eight for a, a zip, um, uh, whatever that math is. Yeah. But um, yeah, they they they've been doing a great job with their stuff. And then extract wise, Ganks are. Things are, dude. Yeah. They're dope. They're fucking killer. The things are, dude. Hella good people. They produce some fire. Um, and uh, on a budget, um, the ECC, Emerald City Collective, I believe is what it stands for. Is it Emerald? Yeah, Emerald City. Yeah, ECC. I think they're over in West Seattle. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're, they, they're they, extracts, right? Yeah, they have some. Yeah, they're the homies. Yeah, they're they dope. got some. They got some really good, like balling on a, on a budget type of uh, yeah uh, oil. Um, and then, uh, yeah, man, that's about, that's about it that I can think of off the top. Oh, Oz Gardens. Um, I will say they're a little bit pricier than I would ever like pay for personally, yeah. but, um, uh, right. I said, fuck it. And I grabbed a quarter. This is a couple weeks ago of their truck driver, which is a Sunday driver crossed with something. And I don't want to mess up their genetics. So you should look it up yourself. But Oz Gardens ha, uh, has produced some absolute gas. I will say their price point's a little higher than I feel comfortable paying. I think it was $90 a quarter. So it's like, you know, you, you to me, I, I always have a really hard time justifying buying stuff of that price. But uh, the quality's there, you know, I can understand why someone would. And if you have the money, fuck it. Absolutely, yeah. Shout out Oz. They're... Um... You know, we one of the first podcasts we do, we were talking about their genetics and how they were do they were killing it. Um, genetics there, they said they had a Gary Payton. People were like, eh, I don't know if that's really the case, but regardless, Oz, they're hella good people. I love. I, I've talked to a couple of the owners, and I I think they're telling me that they're there's some they're old videographers and photographers or photographers too. Um, so shout out to them though. Yeah, I've heard a lot a lot of people have been bringing up Oz lately, dude. That's super interesting. Um, Hell yeah. Well, I, think, I think they're really, they're, I mean, they're making a wave in, I mean, at Satori, they're, they're really pushing them. I, I think they must be doing their, their part and going to dispensaries and really kind of like hyping their shit up and probably, you know, giving out the samples that are needed. Cause dude, I, like I said, I'm, I'm always hesitant to buy something for that price, but I mean, I smoked it. It was delicious. It, I, I would all hesitate to say that it was worth it. I would, I would say like, yeah, it's, it was almost worth paying more than $10 a gram, which I never, I haven't done that since fucking eighth grade, Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it was worth it, man. Shout out to Oz Garden. Shout out to that truck driver. I will happily be your sponsor. <laughs> Get into that truck driver. I need a unit. Dude, that's, yeah, hell unit yeah, bro. Now. <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're right up, they're right up north of you guys. They're in Bellingham. Um, yeah, they're, I'm, I want to go to their farm. They've got a dope, dope place I've heard. Um, Hell yeah, dude. Well, anything, I guess last question is, and I stole this from Lotta Locks from the Baker's Men Collective. Shout out to her, by the okay. way, um, this question. But what's your relationship with cannabis? And then we'll close out from there. And yeah, cool. and it can be anything really. What are you, just whatever. What's your relationship with cannabis? How does it help you? How does it hurt you? How, whatever it is. You know. Yeah, dude. Um, so my relationship with cannabis has fluctuated throughout the years, as I think a lot of people's relationship has. Um, but for the most part, it has been 
a really positive uh, relationship. You know, um, I started smoking probably a little bit younger than, I mean, way younger than I would suggest anybody should. But, um, you know, going from there and then, you know, taking breaks here and there and, and stopping and starting and stopping and starting, what I've really noticed is that it, it for me personally, um, I, I can tend to get like a, a little bit like anxious and r racing thoughts and stuff like along those lines. And cannabis can, can, um, can do both, can, can help and hurt. And it's not, and it's not strain specific or, or it's not indica or sativa specific. I want to make that super clear. I'm not one of those people who say, thinks that, you know, uh, sativa is going to fuck up my anxiety worse than an indica. I, I don't believe in that, but some strains do and some strains don't. And that has a lot to do with terpenes, which I know you guys have talked about. So for me, uh, the relationship has been great. Uh, you know, it's helped me with, um, a lot of things. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say that, uh, I live in a state that it's legal where now my, you know, my parents went from, you know, people who weren't so sure about it to now they're coming around and seeing it as just as, you know, normal as a glass of wine. I think that's so cool. Um, but yeah, man, uh, it, it's, it's, that's a really good question. That's a really, really good question. And I, and I want to, I want to like kind of, yeah, dude, we'll, we'll have you back, dude. We'll have to do, we'll do another one if you're down. Um, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. This, yeah, this is an awesome convo. Um, so you want to shout out anything in your socials no, or no? Yeah, no, it's all good. I mean, yeah, you can follow me at, at Kowski Les on Instagram, K O W S K I L E S. Um, if I don't add you back, I'm sorry. I, it's just, I got a lot of like, ooh, the, the spam stuff that I was telling you about, it's a lot of, a lot of spammers in the, uh, requests and stuff but yeah. yeah a lot of cannabis scammers i swear dude yeah, yeah. They're like vultures man i don't know how they find my account it's not like they just they just go follow follow they just go they go from account and they'll follow their followers that's and crazy, then, i don't bro. know yeah oh, I mean, you know again hey that's their hustle fucking i mean i hope they don't scam anybody but it's their yeah. hustle you know whatever Shit. hell yeah dude but, um shout out to you luke this has been great I mean, it's been super sick watching this like whole whole thing evolve um thanks brother i appreciate yeah. that a lot um yeah, yeah no you're this is episode number three and uh we're getting it going we're getting we're getting more people lined up and i'm excited oh, yeah. and uh yeah i'm love to have you back yeah of course I appreciate man. you being one of my first people and kind of bearing with me um, yeah dude of course thanks for bearing with me there's definitely lots of stuttering ums and uh oh dude uh, this but, it's just a regular conversation you know that's the beauty of it that's why i like podcasting it's much more of a conversation not you know it's pretty relaxed and uh you get a much more natural uh answer and convo i think yeah. in the long run uh, totally especially totally. once you look at the whole trust me when you're gonna watch this whole podcast you'll see what i mean it's much more natural yeah. um hell yeah dude okay this is ep episode three this is my boy andrew thank you again andrew this is yeah, the frame bro. of flower podcast thank you for tuning in you can check us out on youtube spotify apple podcast every other cast right Any, anywhere you want to listen to a podcast we're there uh, you can go to Anchor Anchor Podcast as well. Shout out to Anchor. Um, and thanks for listening. Y'all have an amazing, amazing day. Peace. Peace. Guys, later.